the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Well, tonight I'm going to be talking to you about um, the Holy Spirit and prayer. We're going to cover as much as possible, but that's what it's going to be about, the Holy Spirit and prayer. Uh, if you would go up there and put up there, Mark, um, the 16th chapter and the 15th verse. In Mark, the 16th chapter and the 15th verse. It says, And he said unto them, Go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So after the Lord Jesus had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. He always wants to confirm his word with signs following. But I want you to notice up in there, he says, these signs shall follow them that believe. He says they shall cast out devils. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And in the middle of it, he said they shall speak with new tongues. So we're going to find out tonight a little bit about what new tongues is about. So I'm going to start off, and we're going to, we're going to run through some scriptures in the book of Acts, what happened. And um, so I want to start with Acts, the first chapter. Uh, no. I'm going to start with Acts, the second chapter, in the first verse. Acts, the second chapter, in the first verse. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they was all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they was all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was no noised abroad... The multitude came together and were confounded because they heard every man them speak in their own language. And just remember this. Um, they heard every man speak in their own language in this instance right here. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, 
Behold, are not all these all which speak Galatians? And how we hear every man in our own tongue where we were born. So the people that was filled with the Holy Ghost, they spoke in a language they never spoke in before. The people that was there, they understood the language, but the people that spoke it didn't understand it. And then it goes down through verse, um, we'll go down to um, verse 12. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocked and said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. These are not drunken as you suppose, seen as but the, ninth, the third hour of the day. But this was spoken by Joel the prophet. It shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall uh, dream dreams. And I, my servants, and I, my handmaids, was in those days where I poured my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So we see they was waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came, fell upon each of them. There was 120 of them, and they was all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they all spoke in other tongues. So now I want you to go to Acts, the 8th chapter, in the 5th verse. Acts 8, verse 5. In Acts, in verse, uh, Acts 8 and verse 5, it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So here, what we're seeing right here, we're fixing to see Mark, the 16th chapter in operation. These signs shall follow them that believe. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. Many taken with palsies, and they that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. How many of you know there's great joy in a place when devils are being cast out and the sick are being healed? How do you know, hey, when somebody's sick and they're healed, they're happy. There's some joy there. If, if one of your children is demon-possessed and the demons come out of them, you, 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 you full of joy. You happy, ain't you? Well, there was great joy there. But there was all, there, and of course, when there's great joy, there's always going to be uh, some around that um, uh, may bring something else. So in verse 9, there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery. In other words, he was a fortune teller and bewitched the people of Samaria and given out himself that he was a great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God. And to him they had regard because for a long time he bewitched the people with sorcery. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, you notice preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, laying hands on the sick, casting out devils. And it says, when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So in verse 12, it says they believed and they were baptized. And then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, continued with Philip in wondering, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto him Peter and John. Now Peter and John was, uh, uh, I would say, probably at least three days uh, journey away. And when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now if you received all of the Holy Ghost that there is when you get saved, why would Peter and John spend three days 
to come to a place to lay hands on them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you why. Because there's a separate experience with the Holy Ghost. Just like on the day of Pentecost. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they was all baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid their hands on them. We're going to look at the power of laying of hands on tonight. Then they laid their hands on them, and they done what? They received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay my hands may receive the Holy Ghost. So we see in the first instance on the day of Pentecost, they didn't lay hands on them. The Holy Ghost fell on them. But now we see where the apostles are laying hands on them and they're receiving the Holy Ghost. Now I want you to go to Acts, the ninth chapter in the 17th verse. Acts 9 and verse 17. Now this story is about one of the greatest men that ever walked with God. And his name is Paul. But here, his name is Saul before his name is changed and he's converted. So, in verse 17, it says, And Ananias went his way, entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared on thee in thy way, as thou comest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, listen, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is three days after the Apostle Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus, when he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? When he repented and recognized Jesus Christ as Lord, he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? Three days later, Ananias lays his hands on him, and it says he's filled with the Holy Ghost. But people might say, well, it don't say that the Apostle Paul spoke in tongues here. Well, I'm going to show you a place where he did. So, And then we'll come back. Let's go to um, 1 Corinthians 14 and... Uh, Verse 14 and 18. 1 Corinthians 14 and 18, then we'll come back. You know, every time um, uh, when the Apostle Paul got filled with the Holy Ghost here, it don't always say everything that happens, okay? But right here in 1 Corinthians 14 and 18, this is the Apostle Paul. He said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than y'all. Now, <laughs> the man that walked closest to the Lord Jesus Christ and anybody we know of said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. This must be something that's very important. In other words, he's the one who said pray without ceasing. In other words, when he's not preaching and he's not studying and he's not writing, guess what he's doing? He's praying in tongues. He said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. So when did he start speaking in tongues? When Ananias laid his hands on him, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. So, let's go back to the book of Acts a little bit more. Let's go to Acts 10 and verse 44. Every single time these people are filled with the Holy Ghost, every time they speak in other tongues. Acts 10 and verse 44. While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. What's the evidence? They heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. And then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that he should not be baptized 
which have received the Holy Ghost as we. So, here is an instance where the Holy Ghost fell on them. They was filled, and what did they do? They spoke in tongues, and they magnified God. So, let's go to Acts 19 and 1. Acts 19, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Now this is a pretty interesting question right here. If you receive all that there is about the Holy Ghost when you believe, why in the world would the Apostle Paul say, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said on him, we have not so heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, what were you baptized? They said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, truly John baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people they should believe on him which should come after him. That's on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul, here it is again, laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. Notice that he laid his hands on them before the Holy Ghost came on them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So every time in the book of Acts we see that either the Holy Ghost fell on them or they laid hands on them, the evidence every single time is they spoke with tongues. There's only one instance in the Bible in the book of Acts that, that said they was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with boldness. But these were the same Christians that were baptized on the day of Pentecost and spoke in other tongues. So every time you see that people, people say, can you be filled with the Holy Ghost and not speak in other tongues? I say, no, sir, you cannot. Because you can't show me in the, in the Bible anywhere where it says they were filled with the Holy Ghost and didn't speak with other tongues. So since we covered that, I want to look some things about tongues and about the gifts of the Spirit and some verses of Scripture that people use out of context. I want to go to 1 Corinthians 12 and probably about verse 28. 1 Corinthians 12 and 28. Let's see if I'm right. I'm going to back up in uh, 1 Corinthians and I'm going to go to um, I'm going to go to uh, verse 6 of chapter 12. Verse 6 of chapter 12. I'm going to even back up a little bit more. I'm going to back up to verse 4. Of, verse, of chapter 12, verse 4. It says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, 
but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. I want to stop right here before I go any farther, and I want to say something about this uh, gift, and then we'll move on. It says, to another is given by the discerning of spirits. I hear people say all the time, talking about the gift of discernment. There's no such gift in the Bible. You can go to your Strong's Concordance, and the word discernment is not even mentioned in the Bible one time. There's no such gift as the gift of discernment. There may be a gift of suspicion or something, but there's no gift of discernment. The gift of the discerning of spirits is a gift that you're able to either see or hear in the spirit realm. In other words, your spiritual eyes are open and you can see demons or you can see angels. Or you can hear in the spirit realm. But it's the discerning of spirits. There's no such gift of the, of the gift of discernment. Okay? It's not in the Bible. Let's move on. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues. Notice divers kinds of tongues. We're, as, we, if we, as we look in the Word tonight, we're going to see there's all different kinds of tongues. Divers kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. We're talking about nine gifts of the Spirit and all, all these gifts are supernatural. But all these that worketh in the selfsame spirit, divide unto every man several as he wills. Now while we're in the 12th chapter, I want to go to the 28th verse. And it says, God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, Notice this word here, diversity of tongues. In other words, a variety of tongues. It says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all gifts of healing. And then when we get down to this verse right here, it says, do all speak with tongues. And I guess that would confuse anybody, the way, it's, it's, it, the way it was translated, the way it's, it's worded. Do all speak with tongues? And then people say, see right there, everybody's not supposed to speak with tongues. But when we looked in the book of Mark, we seen that they shall speak with new tongues. And when we look in the book of Acts, they're all filled with the Holy Ghost and every one of them speak with tongues. So what's it talking about here? It's talking about, and then it says, do all interpret. It's talking about, the gifts of the Spirit. Now, Pastor Guy has been praying in the Spirit, been praying in new tongues for a long time. How many times, Pastor Guy, have you got up in front of the church and give a message of tongues and somebody interpreted? Never. See? It's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. It's not talking about praying in the Spirit. It's not talking about speaking in new tongues. It's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. I've been praying in the Holy Spirit for over 36 years. I don't get up in front of the church and give a message in tongues. 
There was a message in tongues in prayer last night. Cedric gave a message in tongues. Nicholas gave part of the interpretation. Cedric gave the other part of the interpretation. See, people will take one verse of Scripture and try to make it say what they want to say and say, see right there, all don't speak with tongues. But believers should speak in tongues. If they don't, they're missing out. And there's many that do speak in tongues and they still don't know what they got. So we're going to look at some of that tonight. So, it says, but covet earnestly, earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. And we won't go into that because that's another subject that's talking about love. So, let's go to Ephesians, the 6th chapter and the 18th verse. I want to make sure I covered everything here before I move on. I tell you what, before I move on to Ephesians, I do want to cover one more thing in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. I'm not going to read the whole chapter because it's talking about walking in the love of God, but there is something that I do want to cover in this part. And let's see what I want to cover. I want to cover... 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, and, we'll, and I'll go 8 through 13. I do want to cover this. Because there's only two things that I know that people say in the Bible that you're, you know, that everybody don't speak in tongues. I just read of one of them, and this is the other one that I, I've heard. It says, Love never fails, but where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Now by the faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. But I've heard people tell me about this eighth verse here. It says, see right there? It says tongues has ceased. Tongues ain't ceased. Knowledge ain't ceased. Have you seen Jesus face to face? It ain't ceased. See, once again, go into a scripture and trying to take it out of context and make it say what you want it to say. Trying to make the Bible say what you want it to say. Let's go to Ephesians, the sixth chapter and 18th verse. Now, Without reading the whole chapter of Ephesians, and, and, and we know that it's talking about putting on the armor of God. And in the armor of God, of course, the first, um, the first part of the armor is, is truth, speaking the truth. But then when we get down to the um, last part of the armor, after it talks about the helmet of salvation, the sword of spirit, then he says in verse, verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayer, notice all prayer, and supplication, in the spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. Praying in the spirit. Let's go to First Corinthians, I believe the fourteenth chapter. And I'll tell you when I get there, I think, verse 2. 
First Corinthians 14 and 2. I think I'll be close to uh, what I'm looking for. You got all these notes and you go to looking for what you're supposed to be able to find. And you've seen all these notes and you're shaking your head. First Corinthians 14 and verse 2. Now, I want you to bring back to your remembrance when we first started off and we talking about the book of Acts and when they was all filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost and they all spoke in other tongues and all these people from all these other countries and all these other languages, they understood them, right? Okay? That's part of it. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. He says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. It says, For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries unto God. Remember we was talking about diversity of tongues? Different kinds of tongues? Now on the day of Pentecost, I've heard people tell me, see, they understood. Everybody understood that language. Well, they did. But now, we're talking about some more tongues. Diversity of tongues. It says right here, He that speaketh an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. And it says, No man understandeth him. They understood on the day of Pentecost. But here, it says, No man understandeth him. It says, How be it in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Now I want to tell you something. Your prayer life is going to be the most important thing about your life. And right here, it says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue, is speaking unto God, says no man understands him. Do you know that this is the only language in the world that the devil cannot interpret? Do you know that? It says he's speaking unto God. And no man understands him. That means no man or no devil. People do not even have a clue how important praying in tongues is. I'll tell you one thing, it'll keep you from being depressed and oppressed and defeated. You got it. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and you speak in other tongues, you're speaking mysteries unto God. I don't know how many times, how many times that the spirit of prayer has come on me and I know that I need to pray and I'm going to pray and ain't nothing going to stop me from praying. No money, no job, not grandchildren, nothing. It don't matter. I got to pray. I'm going to pray. It happens quite often. I won't say it happens every day in this manner, but it happens. And just a few weeks ago, I was praying on Wednesday night. And um, I guess I started about 530 or before, and I was praying. But I noticed that the Holy Ghost moved upon me. And I started praying. But it, I knew that I had to stay in prayer and I couldn't quit. I, need, I needed to pray this out. And when I, when I get like this and the Holy Spirit wants to use me to pray, I'm not going to be distracted. I'm just not going to be. It's too important because sometimes He'll reveal to me what I'm praying about. Sometimes I need to know. Sometimes I don't need to know. Sometimes I'll ask Him. He won't answer me. And I'll say, I don't want to know. See? Because that's why prayer is so important. You can pray. I'm telling you. You, you can. I don't know what I was praying about. I asked him. He didn't tell me. I didn't say no more. There's sometimes I'll be praying for somebody and a word will come to me and I'll know who I'm praying for and what I'm praying about. Sometimes I'll go to these people. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I don't need to. But sometimes 
You can even cast the devil off somebody. Just by praying in the Spirit. It says over in Romans, the 8th chapter and 26th verse, it says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. When we know not what we should pray for, as we ought, the Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us, which groanings cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit to make intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit will use you to pray if you make yourself available. And He needs His people, His body, to be available. But today, so many people are distracted when the Holy Spirit needs them to pray, they don't even hear the Holy Spirit. What if I'm praying for somebody? God needs me. He's depending on me. And God wants to use me to pray for somebody. And they're fixing to be in a car wreck or be killed or something. And God uses me to pray for that person. And it don't happen. Angels are dispersed. What that devil meant for harm is turned around and it don't even happen. If I make myself available to pray. To pray. I can't tell you how important speaking in other tongues and praying in the Spirit is. It says, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. It says, how be it then? I'll pray with the Spirit and I'll pray with the understanding also. Praying one way <laughs> is a weak prayer life. If all you can do is pray in what you understand, you're going to live in the natural realm. You're not going to live in the supernatural. You're not going to walk in the Spirit. There is a natural realm. There is a supernatural realm. You can be filled with the Spirit every day. I get up and fellowship with the Lord every day. I commune with the Holy Spirit every single day. I don't leave the house till I'm filled. But I can pray in the Spirit all day long. You see, you can pray while you're working. You can keep yourself built up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. It says in, in Jude, I believe, 19 and 20. But you, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourself in the love of God. Why in the world would Christians neglect such a great gift of God? He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. That means you've got authority over devils. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Speaking in new tongues. How about that? Oh, God. You think, you think God does something halfway or quarter way or three quarters ways like men? Men think they got it down, boy. They did it perfect. No, they didn't. God does it perfect. You think that He sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to the cross to die for you so you can go to heaven and live in hell while you're here on this earth? That Jesus told the disciples, He said, Look, it's good for you that I go away. They didn't want Him to leave. He said, If I don't leave, the Holy Ghost, He ain't going to come. But if I leave, the Holy Ghost is coming. Where is the Lord Jesus Christ at right now? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Where is the Holy Ghost? He's here right now. He's here right now. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Christians got power. They've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. They speak another tongue. Don't even know what they got. Don't even know. I had somebody come up to me one night after I ministered and talking along these lines about being filled with the Holy Ghost. And the person looked at me and said, I guess I've been running on empty all my life. How many Christians are running on empty today? They're just waiting to get to the next service station. They're running on empty and God wants them full. Said, I can't wait till I get to the next service station. The needles read knee. See, they're about to sink. And then they wear the pasture out. 
Thank God for pastors. Thank God for them. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.